If you have not become a patron of the Geocache Talk Network, what are you waiting for? Patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at $3 a month. To sign up is easy. Simply go to the Geocache Talk website and click on the Become a Patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk. Patrons now get the famous blackout coin, invites to special events, and other really great items throughout the year. Become a patron today. Logwork, the creators of the fantastic logbook made with genuine right-in-the-rain paper, the logbook's designed for the micro-containers of the present and future, geared towards the hider who'd rather go caching than doing cache maintenance. Find them at logwork.com. That's L-O-G-W-E-R-K.com. And sponsored by SmashingPennies.net. Get 10% off your order with code GeocacheTalkNetwork. They are perfect to put in a geocache. Right, hang on. Somewhere I have show notes. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. It's, <laughs> it's time for Puzzle Talk, the geocaching puzzle podcast brought to you by the Geocache Talk Network. I am one of your co-hosts. I am paired with that guy, Tom, uh, Electric Waterboy. Together, we are your Puzzle Talk hosts. Um, so we wanted to mention this real quick off the bat. We uh, know that the uh, one of our sponsors, the SmashingPennies.net, their website is currently down for some uh, unknown uh, reason. We've reached out to them, but wanted to let you all know that uh, I did, back in the day, order some of these uh, smashed pennies. They come out looking kind of oblong shaped like this. This one has, it's hard to see because of the glare off of my light, but uh, this one does have the uh, geocaching logo stamped into it. And uh, I, took a, I took a bunch of these to Japan with me on my recent trip and left a bunch of them in... Um, geocaches over there. So uh, the website is down. Their Facebook page is still up and running. Uh, so if you do want to reach out to them and uh, grab some smash pennies, I uh, would suggest sending them a message through their Facebook page until they can um, get their uh, website back up and running. So there's that. Hey, that smash of penny looked like it was kind of pointed toward the end. Could you use that in survival gear and make a spear? Uh, you probably could. Um, I used it. Um, I used the the tip of it. It is kind of rather pointed on on the one end. Um, it's nice and round on the other, but it is pointed. Um, I used this to finagle a couple of logs out of some micro containers in. Japan, um, I've got one that um, that we 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 bent it around so that it kind of hooked and we could fish it right in the end of a cache and finagle the log sheet out. So um, it did become a tot at one point in time, and um, that one that I had done that to is now like super sharp and pokey on the end. Um, so I've pulled it out and thrown it into um, another pocket on my. Uh, bag so that I don't accidentally uh, leave it in a cache. So um, there you go. So um, all right. Well, Leah, Pizza Ninja, we appreciate you, sir, and everything that you do for the technology talented uh, Tom and myself. 
um, because we wouldn't be able to do some of this stuff without you. So you, sir, we appreciate you. I will find and buy you a dill pickle pizza the next time we are together so that we can share that. Um, and, a, and, a, and a pickle beer to go with it. Um, maybe, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to buy us one. I'll buy him one. I've maybe, had one. Oh, okay. Maybe a peach hefeweizen or something like that for, for myself. Um, but yeah. Um, all right. So news. Do we have news? We do have some news or at least some news that I wanted to um, say something about. So uh, mega season is finally upon us. Um, first mega of the year rolled out this last weekend in Yuma, Arizona. So uh, if you didn't get to the one in Yuma for the first mega of the new calendar year, or I say that, that's probably wrong because I think there was one in Germany in January. So on the U.S. side, the first mega of the year was in Yuma. Um, so that being said, um, it is mega season. There are three opportunities to go to a mega somewhere in the world for leap day. This is a leap year and we do have a, some leap day megas. So there's one in South Australia, um, hosted by geocaching SA, South Australia. Uh, there's one in Niedersachsen, Germany. And there's one in Round Rock, Texas, hosted by TTO2. So uh, if you're looking for some of those cool add-ons to your um, profile and you've not attended a Mega on Leap Day, you can get one of those cool little add-ons to your badge gen uh, thing through Project GC um, by attending a Mega event um, on Leap Day. There are three of them around the world. Um, and then, uh, and, and, what, and one of us is going to be at one of them. That's right. One of you is going to be at it. Um, I'm not because leap day is a Wednesday, but I am, I've already got a not, event please host. Please say Thursday. No, I'm pretty sure that the 29th, hang on. Let's, let's, no, it is a Thursday. No, you're right. You just scared it the crap Thursday. out of me, dude. Don't do that. Don't be doing that. Um, yeah, so, um, it, uh, you've got three, three chances to get to one of those around the world. If you want that, I already have a event host and a CTO for leap day on mine from where I hosted an event and a CTO years ago. Um, but Bamarama is coming up the 22nd annual Texas challenge. And Geocaching Festival is right around the corner. I'll be um, there. And then... Um, Let me put a plug for that. If you come play from out of state, we'll Tom's have Tom's your captain. That's well, right. not, not yet, but I did sign up for out of state. So... Oh, okay. If you come and play, we'll have a car. We'll have fun. We may not win, but by golly, we'll have fun. Um, there's another one in the Australian Capital Territory coming up in... Uh, which is the Oz Mega, hosted by the Oz Mega Committee. It's the Capital Geobash. Um, so 
that's just a couple of the first ones that are coming up. So if you want to get out and experience an event on a large scale, um, the mega events are a good way to do that. Um, there's a mega event coming up in Chechia and then uh, Spring Fling number three is coming up in Southern California. So, um, isn't there one coming up in Oklahoma? Uh, early this summer, there is one coming up in Oak, Oklahoma. Um, let's see, I've sit, I've got them by date. So, um, do do to do, do. Yeah, uh, Cash Fest Oklahoma is coming up. Um, and that is hosted by your Cash Fest committee. Um, they are dedicated to putting on great events. This is gonna be the first mega event in Oklahoma. So we encourage everybody who can uh, to come on out that way. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, Tom and I will be there for that um, and whatnot. So uh, if you're in the neighborhood um, and would like to attend mega events, they are coming back out. I know for a while, Groundspeak did take the find a mega event link off of their homepage, but it is back. So if you're looking for a mega event, just go to geocaching.com's main website and right there on the splash screen that you land on is the find a mega event near you tab. So you can click on that and look at all of uh at least right now, all 47 published mega events in the upcoming future. There. There was some stuff that came out today about, um, well, Thomas, uh, the MOGA event shows that it is disabled, temporarily disabled. So I don't know what's going on with the, that event. Um, but I was just looking at it just now, and the mega event is showing temporarily disabled. So yeah, it's been disabled um, for a couple weeks now. Yeah. So uh, further information to come from that from AFK and the MOGA crew. Um, I've worked on that mega in the past um, as part of the uh, puzzle team that uh, created the puzzles for the puzzle portion of it. So. I, I, I don't know what to say. Um, that one is showing temporarily disabled. So best of luck to the MOGA crew that's putting that on um, and whatnot. So, um, oh, all right. And I think that's it. There was some news in there about um, some Ask a Lackey stuff. And if you're a premium member, you got an email earlier today about it um, and whatnot. So, uh, if you're a premium member, and I don't know why you wouldn't be, but if you're not, I, I spent the first like 18 months geocaching as a regular member. So once I figured out the premium stuff, I, I didn't look back and I've been doing it ever since. So um, if you are a premium member and you are subscribed to the logbook so that you get the email updates, you should have gotten an email today. Um, and it has a section in there where you can, um, there you go. You can ask signal and they will forward any of your questions to, um, one of the HQ lackeys for an answer about it. So, um, there was a post in the geocaching blog about it, I believe. So, 
Um, if you've got questions, hey, reach out to them. <sighs> All right. In the show notes, there we have five links to some very useful things that will help you if you are trying to either A, solve, or B, create a Japanese-style logic puzzle. Um, I, I call these Japanese-style logic puzzles because in most of the information <laughs> that I found about them, they were created by a Japanese mathematician. Hence, Japanese-style logic puzzles. Um, these get published in books and uh, get done over in Japan. Uh, I found out a lot. Like, every time I walked into a 7-Eleven or a, another little convenience store or a gas station, there was, like, the whole magazine rack section, and probably half of it were, like, Sudoku puzzles, um, uh, the Murapiki puzzles. Um, so there were a bunch, but just books upon books. And every time I was on the train, there were people sitting there doing puzzles. And they are a puzzle, at least a, a basic math logic puzzle. They like to do them. And there were a lot of them over there. And I saw a lot of people doing them. Um, in that, during last month's show, um, both before and after the show, I was on with Tom. And we were looking at a couple of these because I was trying to solve them before I went to Japan. Um, and the hard part was I didn't know any of the rules. So I got to look at well, it. Hold on. Let's start with the first hard part. Oh, you don't know, uh -huh. you don't know, you don't know any Japanese either. I do not know. I do not know any Japanese. Um, uh, uh, except for Godzilla. Yeah. Godzilla. Godzilla. Um, so let me, um, I, I guess we'll, we'll pull this up and um show the um well let me answer those questions before you get into the puzzles okay so, so first thing you didn't know any japanese i know zero japanese but you're gonna work on a japanese cache so how difficult yes. was that um so google translate is is fairly accurate with japanese there were a couple of words that you just knew uh, that that can't be right. And so, um, like, I would take it to another website outside of Google and or I'd take just the one word that didn't translate right and and translate just the one word. Um, and that helped me. Um, Google Translate was um, really helpful um, for that. And um, if you have the um, Google app on your phone, if you pull up the web browser, one of these buttons right here says translate, uh, translate text with your camera. And so when I got somewhere and didn't know what I wanted to do, I'd push that button, see if it'll show, right? So I'd push this translate text button and then it brought up and then I'd pointed at whatever I was wanting to look at, and it would translate it into English and overlay the Japanese characters with English words. And so that is how I, A, got around um, Japan, 
how I so, knew what the menu was at restaurants um, is so you, I, I, your phone has subtitles. Yes. So the phone had subtitles and that came in key for um, a lot of things. Um, uh, Cashly also had uh, has an option to where you can uh, translate the logs. So the logs that I, the previous logs, if I was trying to find a hint um, in Cashly, you can push the three little buttons or the three little ellipses, the three dots off to the side. And it would bring up uh, another window and say, translate this text to English. And then it would port it over into Google and translate it for you. So you knew what the log said. Um, and a couple of times that was key because I would have never found the geocache had it not been for, um, for that. Um, so yeah, so spoke no Japanese, Google Translator, um, the, how I decided what I was going to eat or drink or whatnot at restaurants was all based off of that. Um, and that was a little different. Most of the places had menus out front, so you could kind of stand out front and look at it and figure out how much it was going to cost um, and whatnot. And then you went inside, and uh, as long as you weren't at... I did eat at McDonald's um, twice while I was over there. So, I'm um, sorry. Out, it was phenomenal, though. Way better than what you'll ever eat at a McDonald's in the States. Um, but um, they have you walk in, and there's usually like a machine right there by the front, and you push the button of whatever you wanted. It told you how much the price was going to be. You inputted your money. It spits you a little ticket out down at the bottom that you picked up. It spit out your change. You put your change in your pocket. You walked up to the counter and gave them the, your little ticket. They took that, read the Japanese that was on it. It told them what you had ordered. You just sit down. They'd make your food and bring it out to you. It, it, it was a, it was a phenomenal process. Um, you know, we had, and in fact, some of the uh, we we went and visited Hiroshima. Um, and the place that we found to eat dinner at that night was so good of this pork Hiroshima style ramen that we went back there the next day for, for dinner the next day too. So, um, it, it was the only restaurant that we ate at more than one time, um, besides McDonald's cause I ate at McDonald's twice. Um, but every time else for any of my meals, we went and had, you know, Japanese meal somewhere and uh, use the phone to translate. So um, Google Translate was key. If it didn't work, um, like I said, most of the cache pages that, and we'll see that tonight, are both written in English and in Japanese. So almost every, including my puzzle that I just had published in Japan, um, is both in English and Japanese. So, um Shiny Orbital, the reviewer over there, um, was kind enough to publish my cache in Japan because I have a maintenance plan uh, in place because my son is stationed in the Navy there. So he's not but uh, like two miles from the geocache and he can go check on it if I need him to. So, um, and mine's the same way. Japanese first, English second, puzzle, and, and away you go. All right. I mean, what about your searches for the caches? So I've only been 
foreign countries I've been, I've been to Canada, been to Mexico, I've been to uh, Cayman Island, Jamaica, Dominican Republic, and Louisiana. And, um, you know, cashing in a foreign country can be a little, you know, when you're, when you're in your home ground, you're not worried about getting any trouble or nothing for the most part, but. No. And um, I wasn't too worried about in the places I went, but but you're on a complete other side of the world. Right? I don't know. I'd yeah. Be a little... um, it, it was a little different. Um, cashing in some of these places was, was super, like we went to the Soji Temple there in uh, Tokyo. Uh, there are, there were several traditionals and a couple of virtuals there. Uh, the one traditional has like 400 and like 40 favorite points, like astronomical amount. And you're looking for, you know, a box that's this big and there are thousands. And I mean, thousands of people there. And so trying to, with so many people, you kind of just blend into the background and nobody ever pays you any, Never mind. But um, we did have people stop us and ask us what we were doing. Um, there was one that we found on in the second level of a parking garage behind like a, their version of like an Ace Hardware. It was a multiple store, hardware, outdoor, garden center, kind of uh, reminded me of an Ace Hardware. Uh, but it was a two floor and on the back side of the building was a raised parking garage and it was out in the very back corner of that we did have a store employee stop us and ask us what we were doing and uh, we were able to pull up the geocaching website and then hit the Japanese version of the website and then hand them our phone and they read through it and they were like oh okay turned around and, and walked away and they didn't care what we were doing about it anymore. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, I did, we did not run into outside the one time that there was an accident in Hiroshima um, where a car um, hit a pedestrian. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you, I went through Tokyo, went through, um, Kawasaki and Yokohama and whatnot, all these towns. And I never saw any police. They kind of, if they blended in really well too. So we weren't too concerned with getting stopped. Um, it was a store employee that stopped us and wanted to know what we were doing. But for the most part, it, you know, just like here, you know, we didn't, finding the caches was different, but the the whole search process for it not nobody nobody for the most part paid us any attention while we were there and the containers you told me about one before the show is a little different yeah so they have these little um plastic um they're almost like hide a key it um and you'll see some in my youtube videos that i have when when they come out, uh, but they're about the size of um, two little flash drives that were stuck together, right? So they weren't real, they weren't real big, and the, the lid slid open on the one and log sheet inside it, they um, 
two-part epoxy or super glue magnets inside them. Um, and then where you're going to find them is, um, you know, the majority of the ones that we found. I did find a couple of guardrail caches. Um, their lamppost skirts, they, their lampposts don't have skirts. So there were no skirt lifters over there. What they do have is a plethora of outside vending machines that have Coke, water, um, lemonade. Some of them have energy drinks. Um, some of them have like hot coffee. Or they'll have like coffee in a can that comes out hot. That, so the whole can is hot. Mm. Um, and so that was kind of different. But they have those on every other street corner. And so a lot of them were those little flat magnet packs that were stuck up underneath those vending machines. And so you kind of had to, um, you know, take a knee and slide your hand under there, or put your phone under there and look for it. And then, uh, whatnot, then you were, um, pretty good to go. So, um, it was pretty, you know, once we figured out that, Oh, that, that was a cash container. Like we went back to one and we're like, Oh, here it is, you know, and so we kind of had overlooked a couple of them initially because I didn't know what I was looking for and didn't realize that what I looked at was the actual cash container. Um, so once oh, man, we, so that had to take him back to your first days of cashing then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple of them because I didn't it, it the way that it, the first couple of them that I looked at were they blended in so well that, you know, I'm looking, you know, and of course they're look they're talking. They said they were a micro, so of course I'm looking for, you know, something like this or, um, you know, a magnetic nano. Those don't exist over there. I didn't find a single black, white, gray camouflage magnetic little nano button. No, I didn't cool. find a single. I didn't, and I found fifty caches. Right, small sample size for the country. Right. But I found 50 geocaches, probably 10 of those were virtual. So save 40 physical containers between the where I goes that I did, the multis. I did a couple of letterbox hybrids um, and a bunch of traditionals. Right. I never once found one of the little black magnetic nanos. And so if you were an American there that you're like, yeah, I got a pocket full of these. And, and could get them hid, that would probably throw them for a loop because that's not normal for them, right? I didn't find a single container like that. Um, I did find one, two, I found two mint tins, one that was a Altoid style mint tin, and then one was like the Eclipse gum. Um, the Australians would know what that is, the little Eclipse mint tins where the lid pops off. Um, I found one of those in, in a regular Altoids tin. I didn't find any of those little black magnetic button nanos, none of those. Um, most of everything that we found that was um, over there that was a micro was um, the, was that little plastic, um, you know, whatever, what I don't, and I don't even, I was there for 10 days and I never did figure out what that container originally was designed for. Um, 
you know, I, we did find a couple of, um, I found one indoors at a restaurant that I was first to find on. I'm trying to see if I can find a picture. And I did find one that was the two bottle cap ends that was two part epoxy together. Um, so, um, but for the most part, they were those little, um, those little flat packs, those little plastic flat packs. And I'm trying to see if I can, um, while you're looking, last question before I turn turn you loose to go through the puzzles. Did you see Godzilla or any of his footprints? Yes. So um, if you've seen the Geocache Talk network social media or my social media, um, I hid a preformed soda bottle at a park in Yokosuka that... Um, was at a mine is hidden roughly close to a uh, big, huge, fifty foot tall Godzilla that's at a park that is a slide. So you climb up between his legs into his belly, and then you slide down his tail like Fred Flintstone getting off of work at the end of the day. Oh, I'd so do that in a heartbeat. I asked that as being silly, and now I want to go. <laughs> Trust, there's a picture of me in that slide, and I am, I, I crawled up in it, and I tried to go down it, and I got about halfway and stuck. And, of course, my son, you know, comes around the corner, and he snaps a picture of me stuck in the slide. And so I had to, like, push myself and pull myself out of the slide because, you know, it was, you know, it was a foot, you know, deep. But I mean, I was I was hip to hip going down the sides, and it got to a little spot where it got narrow, and that's where I stopped. Um, so yeah. Um, all right, let me stop sharing this screen. Let me show you. This is. Uh oh. Mm -mm -mm -mm. This is a picture of what the little plastic containers look like. So there you go. That's one of them. And it's, and it's, I mean, that's it. That's as big as it was. And it, and the two pieces slid apart. Um, so I didn't know if it was originally like a, um, if it was originally like a, a, a hide a key for just one key on the inside of this, it has a couple of compartments. So I, I never did. I, we went to several different stores and looked at stuff. I never could figure out what this was, but it's not very big. It's super thin. It's super lightweight. It's not waterproof at all, um, but they'll stick a couple of magnets down in there. And this one was hidden underneath this. Um, this is at a park. Um, this is a um, like a little tool shed they had there that had was sitting on like a metal um, pallet and that thing was stuck up underneath the 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 metal pallet because the rest of the box was aluminum so once you kind of figured some of that out it 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 kind of helped you narrow things down um i'll see if i can find another picture in my photo album of the of those so it kind of gives you another um 
idea of um, what they were, but uh, yeah, it just, I, until I realized that that's what it was. And then we had to go back to the first or second um, cache that we found, um, you know, but I did find a single bison tube in all of the geocaches that were there. One uh, was a bison tube. Let's see, that one was that. So, um, but yeah, so it was it was a good time. It was a great experience. I would go back. Uh, I know there was somebody in last month's show that was talking about the different um, pictures of or the different their manhole covers. That was each after the show. Yeah, each have a different design, and they were cool. I took a bunch of pictures. And people were looking at me like I was crazy because they were like, why is he taking a picture of, you know, of the, of the sewer cover, you know, but, uh, but I did. And because so they're cool. That's why. Yeah. And I, later I found out after I posted them on my Instagram page that um, somebody said that there is a path tag made that looks like every single one of the ones that I took a picture of and posted. So they're like, yeah, there's a whole path tag section that is Japanese sewer covers. So who knew? I think that's where I learned about them. So. All right, um, we're 30, 35 minutes in. You got to get to a puzzle. I know, right? All right, so let's... Um, do, 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 do. Oh, did I close it all the way? No, I didn't. There we go. This one. All right. So, um, I'd help you out, but as the sign says, I'm just a stage prop tonight. That's right. And we, and that's okay. We, we, we still very much love that. So, um, all right. So this is a cache page. This is this is exactly what I saw when I pulled one up. Um, this um, cache is um, GC eight M five seven seven. Do 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 do. Boop boop. We'll do that and then I'll post it into there for everybody so that they can click on it and look at it if they want to. So uh, you just get a warning that says the cache is not at the posted location. Please solve the puzzle below to find the cache. And then you have that same text in Japanese and then you have these two puzzles. Um, and these two puzzles are... Um, these two puzzles are exactly what you what you get. You don't get anything um, more from them. You don't, um, you know, there are no instructions. There's no, there's no nothing else. It's just this, right? Um, and so this was part of the problem is I didn't know any of the rules for the for the for the puzzles. Um, I didn't know. This is one we were looking at after the show last time. It is. So um, this is the one that we were looking at, but um, 
it is called Leap Day Logic Puzzle. Um, and so it was kind of funny that we talked about Leap Day, but um, this cache has two different puzzles um, and they each have their own different set of rules. Um, but I didn't know what those rules were. And so the first thing you have to do is figure out what kind of puzzle you are looking at. Um, and to do that, I put multiple links in the show notes that will help you. Um, but one of them is this Nikolai puzzles. So this is the one, the Nikolai puzzles, they were all created by a Japanese um, mathematician. And so you can kind of go through these and figure out the different types of puzzles. And once you um, click on one and figure out what it is, um, then it will give you the rules for it, right? So, um, you know, if you scroll, just click on... Back. Okay. So here are the rules for it, right? So this tells you how to solve the puzzle, right? So if you don't know what it is, you can just click on each one of these different ones and be like, oh, that looks like exactly what I'm looking for because the cache page doesn't tell you what kind of puzzle it is. It just tells you that, you know, so, um, you know, you click on this and you're like, here are the rules. You know, a rectangle bordered by bold lines is called a room. You fill the cells under each of the following rules, you know, and it tells you this, 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 right? And so in the end, so this is what you start with. This is the intermediate portion. And then this is what you finish with as you're doing some of these puzzles. Um, so uh, when I was looking at this, I didn't understand what these were. Um, and then... Uh, so I needed to figure out um, what kind of uh, puzzle I was looking at. So um, we did some reverse image searching, if I remember right. Yeah, we did do some reverse image searching. And then I came across this website here that is in the show notes. Um, it is crosswords with an AUS because the guy who built this web page is Australian. So uh, it's crosswords.com, um, but C-R-A-U-S words.com. But it's in the show notes, so you can go in there and look. But once I figured out that this was um, one of these kind of puzzles, um, you know, I could figure out, oh, well, you know, this is... Let me see if I can pull this back down so we can all read it. Um, you can go anywhere from four by four to 10 by 10, but it says um, some of the remaining squares either contain an X or an O to solve each puzzle. The solver must place an X or an O into each of the remaining squares such that there are never three X's or three O's in a line, either vertically, horizontally, or diagonally, right? Um, each puzzle has a unique solution. And so once you're done, you end up with something that looks like the puzzle on the, the solved portion on the right. And so you can never have more than two X's or, or you can never have three X's or three O's in a line. So you can have two, um, kind of like how they have two X's on top of each other and two X's. So you have four X's right here in a row 
or in a in a little square that's allowed but you couldn't have an x below it or another x in the diagonal um, or something like that so once you knew the rules then you could start to solve it um, and once we once i solved this then i had to figure out what the puzzle was and this is where tom came in um because i was like well once i get this all solved i still don't know what to do with it i don't know what these what these four each one of these is four characters long and so it could be two x's and two o's it could be an x a o o and an x you know it's going to be something and tom came up with a brilliant idea and you said what all right let's see if anybody puts it in the chat room what could it be we'll give you 10 seconds right. to type in a word of course, there's uh, a 15 second delay, so I guess we give them 25. <laughs> right. So once I, once I solved, completed the puzzle for the actual just X's and O's, then we had to figure out what each one of these four digit squares meant, right? Um, and so um, trying to figure that out became um, an, another puzzle all in itself. Ah, so oh, we, we go. got a winner. We got a winner. Melanie got it. So it, it it did turn out to be binary. So you had ones and zeros. Your X's were your ones. Your O's were your zeros. Um, and so that's kind of where that all played out. And then each one of these four-digit codes uh, gave you a, a single uh, number, right? Uh, I don't think a, any of them gave me um, a two-digit number. So, like, I think it was one through one through nines um, in binary. So, once I got all of that solved, then basic arithmetic gave you the um, you subtract the browns the red the red group from the brown group, and that gave you the first part of your decimal degrees uh you add the two gray sections together um which oddly enough were two different numbers um so you had to go ahead and solve all of that um and then uh so once you came up with that that only gave you half of the puzzle you then had this other puzzle over here um that that are the other coordinates for um for this so then you had to realize what this puzzle was and the fun part about this puzzle um which it is a futoshiki f-u-t-o-s-h-i-k-i um hopefully so once, you didn't say something bad i know right that was um but the fun part about this uh Fudoshiki puzzle is that I found a uh, online uh, what I do I found an online solver for it right and so this online solver which is in the show notes for y'all so that you can then reverse engineer this to build you one um, this was fun because you could go to all seven um and hit the create button. And so now that it'll build you a seven by seven, right? And so then you can take this 
and I'll pull this over to a different screen for me so that I can uh, see the puzzle. But so what happens is right here in the middle, you click on it and you can do your your arrows one way or the other, right? Um, and so in this, each one of these arrows um, tells you how to, it gives you an order. So one of these numbers is bigger than, so this number is bigger than this number, and this number is bigger than this number, and this number is bigger than this number. But each row and column each contains a one through seven, right? No uh, eights or nines. No eights or nines in this one because the puzzle only goes, only has seven squares, right? And so um, let's see if we can build this enough to see if it will just um, give us something. Dun, dun, there, 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 there. And so once you get all of this stuff kind of inputted, um, you can then hit, uh, yeah, that looks close enough there and there uh, you can now hit solve with logic or you can solve hit the solve and it will solve it through trial and error and just give you the solution right so if you just hit solve it'll bam so then you can see that you have a one two three four five six and a seven on this first row and then in this first column you have a one two three four five six seven right there's no duplicate numbers. Everything is one through seven um, minus the diagonals. The two diagonals do not have to, um, do not follow those rules, but the columns and the rows all follow those rules. So thankfully there was a solver that I found that solved it for me like this. And then I just took those numbers and plugged them in, did my simple arithmetic for the puzzle cache and solved it. So this website is in the show notes. You can always um, reverse engineer some of this to create a puzzle. Um, and you can also create it all the way up to nine. And once you do that, then you can really start to get wild with it. So um, there, was, there was some of that. So between... Um, this solver and what you and I had discovered for the other puzzle, um, I was able to then, um, I got the east-west coordinates real well. And so once I got the east-west coordinates, it was, um, you know, just, you know, I could sit there and say, yeah, well, it's not going to be up here. And so I kind of started to figure out what numbers were outside of the realm of possibility for, um, for the north-south coordinates and that kind of helped me um solve that puzzle so so uh, if you were to build one of these on your own i'm thinking well either one of these this one mm -hmm. or the other one individually you could have it figure out the number i guess in the second one it works more 
you haven't figured out all those numbers, you color code a couple of cells and put the colors at the bottom and you just get a code and enter that in certitude. Sure. Instead of coming out with coordinates, you just get a code. Yeah, you can do that. Um, so this is um, the second puzzle that we came across. Um, this one, um, again, has two different puzzles, but you don't know what kind they are. So first you have to figure out what they are. Um, thankfully, I knew what this one is. It is called a math square um, and, or cross math. Um, it's similar, but not the same as the magic square. So if you start looking for some of these and come across a bunch of magic square stuff, um, there is a solver that will solve for this puzzle online, um, though I couldn't find it, so I didn't put it in the show notes. But there is a solver for uh, the puzzle on the left, um, though no lie, it's it's factoring. So you have this, no, you know, if you look at the bottom row, you have this number plus this number times this number equals 119. Well, 119 there aren't a whole lot of factors that go into it. And so you can kind of sit there and say, all right, 119, what times what gives you, you know, 119. So you factor out 119 and then you can start narrowing some of that down because you're like, oh, well, it's seven times 13 or whatever it is. I just pulled those numbers out of my, don't, they, those may not be correct. So don't, don't some math teacher get in there and yell at me that that's not, those aren't cool factors. Um, but uh, once you could figure out this number for the green square and get these to go backwards, that's how I solved it. And then the rest of it just kind of came into, fell into place, right? Because 36 times, you know, whatever, if this was a two or a three, right? What times, you know, you divide 36 by three, that's going to give you a three there, you know, and then you take the other half of that number and you plug it into these two. So this plus this, and you just kind of work the math out. Um, but uh, thankfully I knew what this was. It was this one over here that I didn't know. And so this one, when I was trying to um, figure it out, it is a. I don't, know the, I don't know the name of it, but Cheryl's done them. It is a K-A-K-U-R-O, Kakuro. Um, again, I've got links to um, the instructions and all of this stuff in the uh, show notes. But when you uh, look at this, here is what it tells you. So this is from the Nikolai uh, website for um, all of this stuff. Um, but the rules are that you have to put numbers one through nine in each cell. So no zeros, right? Um, a number in a cell divided by a diagonal line tells you the sum of those numbers in consecutive cells to its right or down below it. No number may appear more than once in consecutive cells. So in this, um, so you have three in this in this one cell you have a three in the top half that means that these two numbers have to equal three well you can see that over here it's a two and a one 
So three is easy. You either got a two and a one or a one and a two. Mm -hmm. But what can you not have for four? So if you got a one, you can't have two and two. So you you can't have, have two and two. It's one and three or three and one. And so when you start going through some of this stuff, um, it will start, it can get complicated. And it did for the puzzle that I was doing um, because as I was, um, as I was going through solving this line that equals 17 and then this line that equals 16 and making it match with this line that did 11 and this line that does 23 was right in here is where I was having issues. And the problem with that is that I have two numbers that I needed out of here. And they gave me a digit here and a digit at the very end. And so um, I was having issues getting this line that had 17 to equal up with this line that had 23, this line that had 16, and this line that had 11. Um, because like this for three, I either have a three here or a one. Well, that dramatically changes the numbers for these other blocks in the 17, right? And so, um, you know, once I figured out what the rules were for this and could kind of start going along, um, you know, but this four is either a one and a three or a three and a one, uh, but this row had to equal three. So this green square couldn't be a three. It had to be a one, which meant this had to be a two, right? Because that equals three for this line. And so you had a one and a three. And then you have this three. And so it has to be a one and a two, you know? And, and so it was, it, it got to be really, some of it fell into place really easy. But then parts of this were super hard for me to get past. But once I got past some of that, it was uh, simple arithmetic. He does have a, thankfully, the cache owner for these caches um, in looking at it is a U.S. Navy service member because he's got caches there outside the Navy base in Yokosuka. He's got some caches outside the Navy base in uh, southern Japan, in Okinawa. And then he's got a bunch of geocaches in and around the San Diego area. So um, kind of made sense that he was a U.S. service member. Um, but, um, you know, so um, it, that kind of helped me you know, with some of this stuff because um, I, I felt like I could reach out to him and say, hey, I'm having, having issues with this. But um, I could also look at some of his other puzzles um, because he has a couple of this style puzzle in San Diego. And so I could look at it and say, oh, you know, and kind of solve that one. And it would help me solve. Once I solved a couple of these, then this part where I was having problems kind of came a little easier. Um, so and that, so bottom, then, that bottom right square, I, I, it's just killing me. I got to know. It's either a six or a seven. 
Correct. Yeah. I don't know which one. I just know that's all it can be. Yeah, because this one has to be either a two or a one. Right? So this one right. being a two or a one leaves this one has to be a six or a seven because it has to, these two have to total eight. So this one is either a six or a seven. Uh, and then you subtract this one, which is where I was having problems because it's right on the line between what could be like 40 or 41. Um, so it could either be 40 and like nine something, something, or it was 41 and low. Um, but it wasn't until I got some of this solved that I was like, oh, well, it has to be. Then I started looking at it logically and said, oh, it has to be this so that it'll fit in the rest of the puzzle. Yeah. So those two where the 16s are, one of those is a nine and one's a seven. Because you can't have eight and eight. Correct. And, and you only got two squares to deal with. So one's a nine, one's a seven. Maybe not. So. Or, well, no, yeah, you're right. It has to, because you can't have, you got two squares and you have to equal 16. You can't go above nine. Um, All right, so if there can only be a nine and a seven, and I know the blue at the bottom right is a six or a seven. So that's seven. It's seven and six. So it's 41. Well, so the red square and the blue square end up being the same number. Oh. Because seven. My, and seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I say that because the corrected coordinates that were down here in the checker, the checker doesn't reset. So it, it the corrected coordinates were shown down in the down well, in the checker. I, I wasn't looking. I was I know. But if somebody goes back and looks at it now, they're gonna be like, Oh, I've got it solved. Um, but, um, well, I wouldn't have, if you hadn't said nothing, that's right. But well, but now you can just, I don't want to say cheat, but you could just totally just take this puzzle now and re-engineer it and put it out. Just change where the colored squares are. All the numbers are going to be the same. You just yeah. change where your colored squares are and republish it. And bam. There you go. Uh, but don't give anybody do like this guy did and don't give anybody any of the rules. Right. You just, you know, this is this is all you get. Enjoy this fun logic puzzle before grabbing the smiley. That's that's all I got. There's so, no so hint. The one on the left. So the bottom row, it's something pl plus something times something. Yeah. OK, so the one math part of me says you got to do the multiplication before you do the addition. But there's also the thing that just says. You do it in order no matter what. So this one, if I recall correctly, did not follow PEMDAS. Okay. So it's in order. So something plus something. Times. And then times something. Okay. Right. Equals 119. So it was something along those lines. I have to go back and, and pull up my notes that shows me how I solved it. Um, that will 
um, that would give me the the solutions. But I'm um, assume left to right and then top to bottom. Yeah, that's how I that if I remember correctly, that's how I solved it. But I've slept since then and time traveled in two different directions. So, um, okay. all right. So yeah. now we'll look at the third puzzle, which this one I didn't, I have not solved, but it was one that was uh, by the same cash owner in Tokyo. Um, and so we can look at this one um, the same way. So this is what he gives you puzzle wise. This one is really big, is a really big um, logic puzzle. And then there's this one right here. Um, so let me. Um, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess on the one on the left, use the numbers one through six. They can only be, you know, a one. You can't repeat anything in a row or a column or in one of those shapes. Uh, so let me try to um, open this in um, another window and see if we can make this a little bigger. So here. All right, so here is our puzzle. You can see that um, in each one of these rooms, there is a, a set of numbers. So there's a 17, and then a 9, and then a 6, and then a 9 for these three squares, and then a 9 for these three squares, and then a 13 for these four squares, um, a 15 for these five squares with the gold and the yellow block. Um, so the number in the corner, um, this is called, so some of these terms are copyrighted. So be careful if you give a name, um, but these are the copyrighted name is a kin kin or uh, Inshi no Heya. Um, so we'll, we'll look at this Kin Kin um, article real quick. So um, it says, so um, as in Sudoku, the goal is to fill each puzzle with a grid. Um, you can have for a four by four grid, you can only use numbers one through four. For a five through five by five, you can only use numbers one through five. Um, and for a six by six, you can only use numbers one through six. So in here, these two squares have to equal nine. In some of the puzzles, they tell you whether you have to add them. Um, but if it doesn't tell you that, then you have to multiply them. Um, and so this would be like a three times three is nine, right? To get six, you have a two times three or a three times two or a six times one or a one times six. 
Um, again, I haven't solved this one, so I don't know if in this he wants you to add them or if you're supposed to um, multiply them. I am assuming you need to add um, okay. since you have a nine that takes up three squares. And so you would have a three plus three plus three that equals nine. Otherwise you have a nine times, you know, a three times three times one, right? Which would give you nine as well. Um, but um, so this is another one of those that I saw these people on the train, just, I mean, just rocking through them. And I just was in awe of how quickly a couple of these people were just moving through some of these. And I, of course I'm, I struggle with it because a, I didn't grow up with it. B, I didn't know what the rules were. Um, well, B, I didn't know what the name of the puzzle was, much less what the rules were. Um, and when you sat there and looked at some of them and realized that, oh, the the rules are different for this style versus, um, you know, this style, it was, um, you know, it was, it was a little intimidating. I haven't solved this one, so I, I couldn't answer that. And I, I don't know how, I mean, this is so massive to me compared to the little ones that we just did that I just was blown away by it. But um, there are no, no real hints to solve these. Um, you have to figure out what kind of puzzle it is. And then in some of these, there are online solvers. So you can kind of just plug the numbers in and boop, it'll solve it for you. Um, but yeah, so, um, you know, I would assume that this is, um, all addition, um, and that these five blocks right here with the red square and these four, uh, have to total 16, right. And use numbers one through six, at least that's what I'm gathering by, you know, reading the rules. So that um, one right below it is a nine and i'm thinking in those three squares you either have five oh hold on i blew that four four three two mm -hmm. or five three one right and because what i'm seeing in this is um that none of the um Wow. Yeah. I, and so I don't know if you need to do uh, multiplication or if you need to do addition. There are the Wikipedia pages and the rules for these puzzles that I found show both show a multiplication version and an addition version. So I would say that you would have to trial and error it until you came up with it. But um, those numbers are so small, I'd have to say they're addition. I yeah I would I would agree with you um, you know that it has to be some type of addition um, just you know because none of these numbers are and and to get something like seventeen and fifteen out of multiplication yeah I'm, yeah I'm I'm not real confident in that for you um, you know since. Uh, you know, a couple of these are prime numbers. 
you know, so uh, the only way you're going to multiply anything and get seven out of it is seven and one, seven and one, um, you know, and so the addition portion makes much more sense for this um, than uh, some of the other stuff. So, um, and then the one on the right, just like the one you just showed before. Yeah, it's just on a much larger scale. And if you look at this this one right here, this row that has the green, the blue, and the purple square in it, that totals 45. And so to get this one that totals 45 and then this one that has the gold and the gray square in it totals 29, to have both of these rows come through here and all match up like and this three is 15 and this two is 16, right? And so just, just in order to get it all to, to add up and jive is, you know, yeah. down here in this bottom corner of the puzzle um, takes a lot of numbers being exactly right. Um, because when you change one number here, you don't only just change it for this row left and right, you also change every number up and down by a digit somehow one way or another. So it's super, it can get super complicated and super, um, you know, super uh, confusing, super frustrating because the little one that I did had me ready to just not find it. And, and then I had an aha moment and, and solved it. But I didn't even look at this one until I was back home because this one is in a portion of Tokyo that we weren't going to go to. So I didn't even look at it. I, I was actually just looking at the cash owner uh, who is called Omaha Islander. Um, and so uh, it wasn't until I got home that I wanted a third puzzle for show to show um but yeah this one um and it's funny because the two that i did solve that were on the uh the first two puzzles that we looked at one of those was my very first geocache that i solved that i found in japan so my very first cache find in japan was a puzzle cache um oh wait cool and it was a little lock and lock box in a guardrail like like this close to the road like the guardrail was here and i was on one side of it and not six inches the other side of that guardrail there are cars whizzing past you so don't stick your head out <laughs> don't, don't, yeah don't don't make a mistake when you're kneeling down to get this cash out of the guardrail um but that'll be in a youtube video that i have that i'm uh working on that will get published here soon on my youtube channel so, um, but super fun. Uh, you know, I solved these puzzles before I got over there. Um, but it, it was super hard. One, but once I found that Nikolai website, um, that ended up really helping me figure out, um, cause then I just clicked on each one and said, Nope, it's not this one. Nope. It's not this one. Oh, it's this one. And then you read the rules to it and then you can, um, go through and kind of figure out, oh, all right, well, this is a this, that, and the other. Um, 
you know, but once I figured out the rules to it, um, then that really helped me be able to solve it. Cause not knowing the rules, I'm, you know, it's, you it's know, you could have printed out a couple copies of each one of those puzzles and handed them out on the trains you were on to people and say, here, solve this and get it back to me. Yeah. And then give them, you know, like 500 yen so that they can go do whatever with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause, uh, now that you mentioned that, that may be what I do next time is, uh, print me off a little deal that says, I don't know how to solve this puzzle. Can you help me? And then say, if you can solve it, I will give you 500 yen and let this, you know, 12 year old schoolboy solve it while he's riding the train from, you know, one, one stop to another. And once he gets it solved, you know, give him the 500 yen that, and, and 500 yen will get you from where my son's Navy base was in Yokosuka all the way to downtown Tokyo to the main Tokyo station was 460 yen to ride the train. So, you know, 500 yen, as long as you're not riding the bullet train, will get you, you know, 45 minutes by train up the, up the road. Oh, wow. That's, so, that's cheap. Yeah. You know, and it was something, you know, uh, whatever it was like, uh, 100 yen is like um, 75 cents, something like that. The, the 750 yen that we paid for the large bowl of ramen ended up being something like um, $4.75 for dinner when we were in Hiroshima. 750 yen, no big deal. Um, and it was phenomenal food. That was outside of the history aspect of some of the stuff that I went and saw from, you know, having a military background. Um, the, the history of Japan was amazing, but the food, man, I could live there off of some of the food that they had there. It was phenomenal. You know, if, if, if like some other cashers, I know Japan is on your bucket list, uh, do it sooner than later. It we had, I had a phenomenal time. Um, Laura didn't get to go with me because of some last minute changes with my work schedule that didn't jive with hers, and so she didn't get to go. So we are looking at going back um, again this year, potentially. So, um, but it was let me tell you, a phenomenal time. They had great puzzles, good geocaching. Um, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to attempt to go back again and, and do some more because um, they have state equivalents. I think in the video I called them county equivalents, but uh, Japan is a country, and then they're broke down into what are called prefectures, and that's their state equivalent um, inside the country. Um but there is a challenge cache to find a geocache in every one of them. And I was like, oh, that's on the list. It's on the list now. Um, there, there are a lot of prefectures in the country, but um, yeah. So well, you got more yeah. of them done than I do. 
that, yeah, I got three. I got a total of three in that whole trip. Um, and I got a geocache published in one. So, um, you know, but if you're interested in some of these logic puzzles or you would like to have something slightly different puzzle-wise uh, in your local area, um, the GC codes for each one of these three puzzles is in the show notes. I encourage you to go to the show notes, look at some of them, um, you know, do like Melanie, do like some reverse image searches, um, use the Wikipedia pages, the Nikolai.co.jp webpage that has all of the puzzles on there. Um, and whatnot, there are some free services that will let you download some of these puzzles. So you can get in there and download a couple of them. And then uh, once you solve them, or if they give you the key to it, then you can put you some colored squares in there with uh, MS Paint and publish it and let it go. They were um, super fun to do, and I was surprised when I got on the train as to how many people had little puzzle books with all of these puzzles already in them and they were um, knocking them out really. I mean, I sat next to a lady from the Tokyo to from Haneda international airport to, she got off in um, Kawasaki as we were going through on the train, but she went through about four of these puzzles in a 20 minute, in a 20 minute time, just, wow. I mean, she was rocking and rolling. And so I'm sure like any, they are, their difficulty levels for them. But from somebody who didn't know, man, she was flying, you know, she was flying. So, um, but if you want to see some of the stuff that I experienced in Japan, you can check out my social media. Um, I've got stuff that I have posted to my Instagram page, which is at three Charles Watkins. Um, I will be having, uh, I think I filmed three or four videos worth of stuff while I was in Japan. So three or four videos are coming out. Um, and then if you look up my geocaching profile page, you will see the one, um, Godzilla puzzle that I did get um, solved while I was, or published while I was there. In fact, let me see if I can pull a picture of this Godzilla statue up. There you go. So let me share this screen. Boop, boop. So there's the, um, Godzilla statue and you can see me sitting in the in the slide portion of it right here in his tail right here um, So this was You can yeah, so there you can see me sitting right there, but this was the Godzilla statue. This is um, roughly where the end of my um, Where the end of my puzzle cache takes you um, and you can see the stairs right there that go up between his legs into his belly. Um, so it was, um, so there you go. So you can see the stairs that go up and the slide goes down his tail. So um, this was a really fun, fun place to visit. Um, 
and whatnot. But I did get a puzzle cache published in Japan that ends. I am just totally cracking up of where they placed that thing. I, yeah, it's up at a children's park. Um, so there's no, a, that's not what I'm looking at. Oh, the power lines? All the power lines around. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's like every Godzilla movie there was. He's got to go through the power lines and hit them and make all the sparks fly. And Yeah, so that's what I hid, a, a green and brown um, preform. So there's there's a good size comparison for what it is. But you climb up these little stairs right here and then slide down his tail. It's It was um, – I accidentally found this in like a – uh, Google search that I was doing one day because uh, um, I was scrolling around Japan looking and I was like Godzilla statue or Godzilla slide like it's on Google Maps if you scroll over to the right place um, but I uploaded a couple of these pictures to, to um, Google as well so um, you know I would, man I would have driven so far out of my way to get to that that is cool Yep, and it, it took us about mm, 30 minutes of walking from where my son's um, apartment is there in uh, Japan. Um, we walked to it. Um, it's in a, a park that has beautiful flower gardens. Uh, they were putting new flowers out. Um, so I can just imagine that um, some of them, when they bloom, will be um, really cool, but that's that was the that was the slide that we put it at, and um, more or less this was a little selfie stand, so you could set your phone in there, and the top of this thing would swivel, so you could turn your camera and then push the timer and then run up the stairs and get a picture of you, you know, at at Godzilla's feet. It was a really cool little, you know. And then this was uh, the plaque that's down in the bottom of, of the statue. But, you know, was there at a little kids parking, see some of the park equipment and whatnot back here in the back. They had like a little zip line and a jungle gym and a bunch of slides. And, um, you know, hopefully the puzzle's not too hard for people to solve. We've already had one person um, solve it, but, you know, it was a good time. So, uh if you're over in that area of Japan, there are um, some really cool and really good puzzle caches. So um, really encourage people if you're traveling around to, to get out and um, do some geocaching. That's cool. Okay, so let's see. That's it for tonight. Let's see, next month we are on the 5th, Tuesday the 5th. Um, so that's going to be our next show will be um, March 5th. We'll figure out what we're going to do, get some show notes written up and um, get you guys um, a show ready to go. But I had a really good time in Japan. Um, had a really good time with some of these puzzles, um, even though a couple of them were super frustrating at times. Um, but, um, did want to, um, share some of that with you guys. Um, so yeah. All right. So for the next show, if y'all got something you want us to go over, send it to us and where do they send it to? 
Uh, puzzle talk podcast at gmail.com. Right. Let's see. Yeah. Here you go. Puzzle talk podcast at gmail.com. Man, that's going to be, that's between two megas for me. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like, it'll be right after the one mega for you, huh? Yeah. It'll be right after leap day and then we'll go to challenge. We'll be there for a week for challenge. Yeah. It'll be a good time. So, um, all right. We hope everybody enjoyed the show. We appreciate the chat room and all of the comments as always. Uh, and then until next time, get out there and go geocaching. And solve some puzzles. Oh. Solve some puzzles. We'll see y'all later. <laughs>